0: Okay, good morning. Today's stuff is the Tess. Today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas, Yocheved Vaschaim Abram, and Ruvain Ben-Layth Idol. May the Nishamas have an alien. May the name be a blessing. We wish you a long life for tomorrow. For tomorrow, wish you a, yeah. um, Okay, so yesterday we started a new Sukhya. We're in the sugiah of... Sorry. Okay, so the tomorrow was asking... Um, if someone writes their assets, we're discussing a get Shikhr, a get, a document freeing a slave, sometimes referred to as Shihur or him freeing a slave, and they also have to have a document written to them to free them. also the owner has to give them a get to free the slave. Now we said if the owner writes in his document, all my assets are for you. Then he's saying all these assets including the slave now belong to the slave and it works as a get shikhru. Where we, we were getting stuck is where and oh and then just as a woman for the delivery of a get, she has to say so to a delivery of a get a f- a document freeing a slave, he has to say which means we're verifying the document based on one witness. What created a little bit of uh, difficulty? What we were struggling with is the concept of and dibura. Can you split it? We uh, you know generally to to confirm a financial document, you can't rely on one witness. It's the special case of a get for a woman or a get for a slave that you can rely on the one word saying b'fane nata, b'fane nata, and it's as good as verified. So can you split it and say, oh, we believe him in regards to, or we accept the documents in regards to freeing the slave, but we don't accept it in regards to the financial implication. And that's what Rava said, that, yeah, that's, um, um, that's the halacha again where the document was said in two statements for example he said i give you uh, this document is for you to go free and for you to have all my assets we have no problem with saying okay we view it as two documents the one document giving the slave his freedom and the other or the one half of the document giving his slave the freedom and the other half of the document giving the slave all the owner's property the the, the issue there and therefore we will accept the testimony will accept the the Aid Echod to free the slave, but not for the rest. The, where we were where Robert said his ideal, which we said was quite novel, was even if he said, All my assets belong to you, now including in all my assets, and when I say said here yeah, I mean right, because we're discussing a document. All my assets of you, all my assets including the slave. But it's one statement. And Rover came along and said, you can split that. So now what the Gomorrah is going to do. It's going to ask a question, a little bit of a tricky case to get to the question, but the question at its essence is, rather you telling me we do say Dipura? we can split the one statement, saying that regarding the slave going free, it's valid regarding to the financial matters, it's not valid, okay, until you have two witnesses to verify it. That's in line with Rabbi Shimon, But we don't paskin like Rabbi Shimon, we paskin like Rabbi Meir, who says you can't palgina dibura. So again, Rava, how can you come along and say palgina dibura when it's against the halacha? That's the question. Let's see how, let's see the Gemara answer that question and where it brings his proof from. So Amalai, Ravada Bar Mosna, and Rava, Ravada Bar Mosna says to Rava, command ki Rabbi Shimon, to Amal palgina dibura. You going in accordance with Rabbi Shimon, who says palgina dibura, and now we're going to prove it. That time, as we learn to the Mishnah, we'll get there. And obviously, as we're going to see. But the halacha is not like Rabbi Shimon. So where do we see this? And if someone writes all his assets to his slave, the slave goes free. If he leaves over any land, the slave does not go free. What does that mean? If he writes in his document... All my assets go to my slave. That's including the slave, and the slave goes free and he gets all the assets. However, if he writes in the document, all my assets except this piece of land, or except some land, or, or all my assets except a bit of them, then he doesn't. The slave doesn't go free. Why not? Because when he says all my assets we can take his statement at face value, he means absolutely everything. It's a little, it's still a little bit, of, let's say, a tiny drop awkward. Because re- if I'm talking to you, and I say, or you, sorry, not you, someone's talking to their slave, and they say, all my assets are for you. On the surface, well, it doesn't sound exactly like he's speaking to the He's speaking to the slave. So he should say, You go free and all my assets. So when he says all my assets, we're okay to take it as if he's saying you're included. But when he says to the slave, or he writes to the slave, You go free and all my assets except. Sorry, sorry, he doesn't say you go free. If he says you go free, there's no discussion. When he writes to the slave, You get all my assets except, then it sounds like he's talking to the slave but not giving the slave his freedom. So that's why if he says, um, yeah, so let me just say that last phrase again. If he writes to the slave, all my assets except um, a certain piece of land, we assume he's not talking about the slave. He's saying, you get all my assets, except that piece of land, and obviously also ex- excluding you, I'm not setting you free. And the interesting thing about that then, it turns out that the slave actually won't get anything because the slave can't owe property. <laughs> can't own anything. It all belongs to his master. But that's it. So that's the Tanakama, where he says, I give you all my assets except the slave does not go free. Rabbi Shimon, Aymer, Rabbi Shimon says, <laughs> No, he goes free until he says, All my assets are given to Ploini. I'm sorry. <laughs> He always goes free. In right? all the cases we mentioned, the slave will go free. Unless, he says, all my assets are given to the slave, to my slave, except for one ten thousand of them. I'm giving, what does he write in this document? I'm giving all my assets to my slave except for one ten thousand. Why there does the slave not go free? Because when he says... Um, because we assume that the owner could be referring to the slave. When he says to the slave, I'm giving you everything except one ten thousand, I'm not saying what, then the slave doesn't go free. Um, unlike the case of where he says, I give you everything except a certain field, now, again, the time of Kama said that's not good enough to free him, but Rabbi Shimon says he does go free. Well, but now why is a, a field different? Because he's specifying something that's not the slave. So if he says to the slave, I give you everything except my car, I give you everything except my home, but you can have all my other, my, the rest of my property portfolio. I give you everything except, you know, when he says what it is, and it's not the slave. Well, then we, Rabbi Shimon says you assume the slave is included. If he just says I give you everything except one ten thousand of what I own, well now he's we now he's likely referring to his slave, <coughs> and that's uh, um, So Rashi points out. I'm wondering if we should do the Rashi inside. Um, now let's try to the Rashi outside not inside. Um, Rashi says, Rabbi Shimon says, in all cases the slave goes free, except for this one case of where he says, I give you all my assets except one ten thousand. Which means, if the person said, I give you all my assets except my holiday home in Cape Town, I give you everything else, then the slave does go free. Similarly, oh that, that's more obvious. If he said, I give you all my assets except one of my fields, or one of my homes, then the slave also goes free. But is the slave going to get any of his property? No. The slave's not going to get any property, because we don't know which one the owner was giving to the slave. So, in that case, so what are we saying? This document that says, I give you everything except one of my homes, or something like that, works to free the slave but it does not work for the financial aspect of it for the ownership of the property so we see what do we see the shimon's holding you can not split and the tanakama argued on Rabbi the tanakama came along and said no in these cases the document isn't valid the slave doesn't go free so, so it's better to have given it one part more than everything else except one part Yes. Because then you would go free with that yeah, property. That property. Yeah. 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 Again, if he writes a document to his slave saying, I give you my Cape Town Home or my field in uh, wherever, mm. he's not going to go free. Because there's got to be you've got to have something along the lines of all my property, I something that would include the slave. Mm. Oh, the slave would be mm. included, yeah. You can't you can't give something to a slave. So that's uh, that's why it does have to be called and start all my property question here is when you say chutz so now interesting we've had chutz for a specific piece of land chutz for one part of my land and chutz for one ten thousand of any property I have and again when I said land it's not specific it's more that he's specifying something not the slave could be a car could be something else Um, so that's so so, but just as I said it's it's quite a tricky piece I found it quite tricky to work out um, the different types of chutz I give you all my property except. But the main point that, as I just pointed out, is Rabbi Shimon's. There's a case where Rabbi Shimon would say the slave is freed, but the property is not transferred to the slave. So we We're saying this is a good document regarding freeing the slave, but it is not a good document regarding. The financial matters. So we see again, and and that's Rabbi Shimon's opinion. So that's Voharmer. Now we continue to our question. Rabbi on my Rabbi said in the name of Rav, in the name of Rav Nachman, Afalpi Shekilais Rabbi Yisep, yes, Rabbi Shimon, even though Rabbi Shimon. Halacha for Rabbi the halacha is still like Rabbi Meir. At the first of the Nintanias, we learned in a When these words were told before Rabbi Yossi, he said, The lips of the one who says such good things should be kissed. Rashi learns that when you hear, I think imagine along the lines of like a young child, but you just want to kiss them when they say something uh, smart or insightful. Or Tosso says, When you're listening to someone who's saying a brilliant idea, kiss your lips together, you're like, wow, wait, I have to, you don't want to talk, you want to, I have to sit, you close your mouth, and you sit in silence, listening, you're like, wow, that's amazing, I'm going to sit and listen, that's kissing your lips together. But either way, (coughs) (coughs) I learned that Rabbi Oisi was saying, what Rabbi Shimon said is brilliant, but the Allah is not like him, The Allah is like Rabbi Meir. So so where are we holding, again, as... (coughs) Again, Rava came along and said, "Palkin and Dibura, we can split the document regarding how it relates to the slave and how it relates to the financial matters." But that's in line with Rabbi Shimon, and we passed them like Rabbi Meir. So how can Re- Rava Rava should say like Rabbi Meir? If you aren't Palkin and Dibura? so the Gemara says, and this is based on, yeah. So, so that's. Uh, is, uh, what's it on? Yeah. So this is a miyom, a Could rabbi Nachman really say this? I Could rabbi Nachman really say that the halacha is like rabbi Me'a? I We are not Palginandibura. and dibura. And here, rabbi Yosef, a minyom, a rabbi Nachman, rabbi Yosef, a minyom. He said in the name of rabbi Nachman. Shekiv mey, R'el, shekosel, kol mekosel, if a shchiv meirah writes all these assets to his slave, what's a shchiv Someone on their deathbed. Now, shchiv meirah also, the halacha gives him special dispensation. Generally, if you want to give a gift to someone, obviously you have to do it following the proper means. So, you, so you'd have to fill out a document and sign it. But a shchiv someone on their deathbed, Chazal knew that if he's concerned, oh, I'm going to die and I want that field to go to my friend or go to my one child, you know, and it's going to stress him, he's going to die quicker. So they said, whatever he says is done, but you yeah, so, so with that in mind, so he writes all his assets to v'omad, and then he recovers so, خصن, all the property he gets back, the he does not the slave does not return, the slave goes free. The reason the property goes back to him is because it's a a gift of someone on their deathbed. He's almost, we can say, and we'll see this in Tossel, so he can almost say he's giving the property the gift on condition he dies. When someone's about to die and they're stressed about who's going to get what so they stay and telling you what to do. You know, I want this field to go to that person. I want this to go, you know. We can assume they're giving it on condition they die. If they don't die then it all retracts. So that's fine by the property. It says the Ain but the slave doesn't go free, doesn't return. I once he said, I give my slave the freedom, the slave's free, even if he subsequently recovers. Why? Share of Shay because he's already had the status of a free person. I and basically once once you've given someone the status of a free person, you can't take that back. They've become obligated in all mitzvahs, not just mitzvahs not just mitzvahs like women, those achieved the whole new status so you can't take that back but again what do we see here this is Rav Nachman himself and he's saying when someone says i give all someone lying on their bed and they say i give deathbed bed and they say i give all my assets to my slave we said it all goes to the slave but if the person recovers the money's taken back but the slave stays free the money's returned but the slave stays free so, so Rav Nachman is saying Palkin and Dibura. So again, okay, just above we said that Ram Nachman says the halachas like which we said means you do not say Palkin and dibura. It's invalid for the financial transaction, it's invalid to free the slave. But now we just brought Rav Nachman himself saying that we are Palkin and Dibura. So we obviously have wrong shat, the wrong understanding somewhere along the way. And that's where we come to now. So Ella... Hmm. Yeah, so, Hello, Ravashi. Rather, Ravashi said, "Hasam hainu taima. No, the reason over there is Mishum talav krus Gitahu is because it's not a good, uh, not a good get. Krus a get, whether it's to a woman or to a slave, we actually learn a slave from or a get given to a slave from the get given to the woman um, has to be clear, krus, a clear cutting off. So, if it's a bit vague, i.e., it's not 100% clear that he actually means to give his slave the freedom, then even though theoretically it could work, it does, it's not valid. So, that's what I would say, love, cruz, who it is not a document of clear severance. And the chat is, so what are we saying? We say that, according to Rebina, we want to say this that where a person says, I give my slave all my assets except a field. We wanted. we thought, oh, he's holding. And we said it doesn't work. We thought Rabbi Meir was saying, we don't park in antibura. Since it doesn't work for the financial aspect, it doesn't work for the slave aspect. Saying that's not the reason. The reason Rabbi Meir said it doesn't work is because it's not clear. When he says, I give my slave everything except some of my property, is he talking to the slave? And therefore he's not including the slave? Or is he just mentioning it... Or is he including the slave? As soon as you have that doubt, what did he mean in the document? Well, now it's not a clear document of severance. You know, someone would rather get and say, you know, um, dear wife, I'm thinking of divorcing. That's not good enough. You have to say, I'm cutting you off. We're divorcing. It has to be clear and definitive. So, so to, yeah, if he's writing this document in a way that it's not clear whether he's actually giving the slave his freedom, freedom, or just showing the slave, you know, I love you so much, you're such a valuable slave, I would, I would consider giving you all my property. Is that what he's saying, or is he saying I'm giving you, I'm giving you your freedom? So, as soon as you have that vagueness, it's not a good, uh, good game. Interesting. When the owner specifies the slave, so if the owner says I give, well, I give you yourself. I give a free my slave and I give you a certain property or I give you I free this my slave and I give him all my property except. Obviously that's good because then it's clear what he means. Similarly, if he says as one blanket statement, I give my slave everything well then we can also assume clearly he means the slave as well. It's all in these cases where he says, I give everything except. Now we're a little bit vague, as he including the slave? <laughs> and that's where Rebbe Meir says it's not good. So again, nothing. Rebbe Meir's argument has nothing to do with Palkin and Dibura. For all we know, every single, per, every single Tana holds Palkin and Dibura, we can split the statement into two. And say so it's valid to free the slave, but it's not valid for the trans, financial transaction. Or oh, Rebbe Meir seems to not say that. No, Rebbe Meir has a different principle, how oh, that it has to be, the language on the get has to be clear clearly indicating that he's freeing his slave. Okay, so that's that piece. Now, I just want to go back, an interesting thing Tosus asked here, um, regarding the slave. So he said, when a person on their deathbed writes all their assets to their slave, except that the, when, if they recover, they get back their property, but they don't, don't get back their slave. So to is struggling with the mechanism. It's Tosus Diram Hamaskil... It's shortly before the wa- the lines of Toshas get very long but he says why should the slave go free at all? and what's one of the main this is interesting what's one of the main ramifications of the slave going free? he can now marry a regular Jew as long as he's a slave he can only marry a shifra when he becomes a freed slave he cannot marry a regular Jew it says, we're saying it's a gift given on the person's deathbed and the acquisition only takes effect after he dies. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with saying that, okay, so the owner, so he gives his get, that when the person dies, the gift kicks in? He says, get, like you can't give a get after death. I mean, it's more clear in the case of a woman, a man can't write his get and say, when I die, this is your divorce document. Because he, he, he has to be alive to divorce his wife, and so too he has to be alive to. To free his slave, emancipate his slave. So, therefore, how does a matnas shimerah ever free a slave? Sion says... no. But the either he wrote in it, you go free from today, but you can only act on it when I die... So, free from today. Inami, alternatively, even if he doesn't say from today, the dash So, since the person's intent is to free a slave. We're going to say he obviously wants it to take effect when it works. So the slave is going to go free. Then he asks uh, another question which I thought was even more fascinating. He says, Okay, but once we say that when a Shreemarov gives a get, it's on condition that if he recovers he gets it back, why does the slave stay free? Okay. The Gemara says, because once he's free, we can't take him back. But at the end of the day, it was on condition. And the condition's not met. The condition was that he dies, and he survived. So the condition's not met. It says, This halacha regarding that the assets go back, and this regarding that the slave does not go back. It's all a upon it. Again, it's all to help the Shemera. But in the slave, they're not prepared to make that dispensation for the Shirimairo. Because Mistama, when he's trying to get these financial things in order just before he dies, he's on his deathbed, he's saying, well, I'm following what Chazal and Say work. But that I thought was a very interesting question. Again, it's a gift on condition, it's a freedom for a slave on condition. So how when the conditions don't met, how does the slave not return to his owner automatically? And he says, no, Martha is playing with the Raboton, I don't know, playing is the wrong word, Martha Screamer was a built-in derapon thing, and that's what we are using. Okay, let's go into the next piece. Um, then we said if a debt was given from one place delivered from one place in Eretz Israel to another place in Eretz Israel, he does not have to, the delivery, the shliath does not have to say, (laughs) b'fananatha However, if the, if someone protests the validity of the get, you have to verify it based on its signatures. So, how many people are protesting the validity of the get? If you want to tell me that one person protests. So the Shiach delivers this get, the woman takes it, and then some one person rocks up in base and says, No, that's not a good get. But Rabbi Yogan says, Everyone holds a protest against the validity of a get. It has to be at least two people. So you're going to tell me that it's two people that protest it. says, Well, now we have two, verse two. We have two word people saying that it's an invalid get. And we have two people saying that it's a valid debt. The two people signed on it, and now we verify their signatures. So it's trade for trade. My chazit is hani How can you say rely on these ones and don't rely on those? How do you choose which two are more reliable? The two people standing up and saying it's an invalid debt, or the two people who are verifying the signatures? <coughs> so what would you do in that case? You'd have to say we don't know. So, the woman can't get remarried based on the get. She retains her chazokh of a married woman until you can prove the get is valid, which in this case you can't. But either way, so again, the Gemorrhis, the Mishnah said that if someone protests the validity of the get, or if there's protest against the validity of the get, you have to verify it with two adim. But how would the two adim help? Either it's one protester, which you could ignore. Or it's two protesters, and then it's a tray betray and you can't rely on uh, them anyway. So the Moran says, where the husband protests. There's a special halakha that, granted, we generally assume a get is valid. So as soon as Hishliak delivers it, even if he doesn't say, we assume it's valid. It's Rapmanon that if the husband disputes the validity of the get, you have to verify it based on the two witnesses. It's interesting. So this, ma- so this woman receives her get, Two weeks later, the husband comes up from, I don't know, Tel Aviv to, to Jerusalem, and he says, no, that get that was given to my wife and is based in his possible." So what do they do? They verify that the signatures, they, that they recognize the signatures, they verify the document, and then it's a good get. But if they don't, then it would be treated as a invalid get. Okay, next, Mishnah. If someone brings a get from Kutsaret into Eretz Israel and is not able to say, it was written before me and it was signed before me. We'll see in the Kamorra what that case is, why he can't say it. If they are Aidim, then you verify it based on its signatures. I, the signatures. without interesting, without the declaration of the Fanahab of Fonai it's invalid. Again, okay, until and the woman would not be able to use it to get remarried until you verify the signature so it's in like a limbo state but more but temporarily invalid so now the, Gemara, now the Mishnah brings in an interesting point and this is going to be the focus of our discussion on the Gemara the halachas of a get for a woman and a, and a freedom for slave for slave have the same halachas regarding delivering the get and we're going to now the Gemara is going to contrast all cases where they are the same or the different this is one example where a uh, woman's get is equal to a slave's get. So the price that we're going to bring another three, and we're going to discuss that in the next. few is also going to bring examples where they're the same. Interesting that that's all based on a zayra shova between where it discusses freeing a slave and a woman. So then all these requirements we find by gittinoshim would also apply by a slave. Um, Tostas asks a very important question. This is the Tostas in <coughs> the fourth last line of the page. ma says, <laughs> We understand why okay, with the slave it's really a financial dealing, freeing the slave. I mean uh, to be honest it's actually both. It's isu heter and financial. But let's, let's focus on issuheter, let's not bring in the financial aspect. But we've saying there's a special halacha for a woman that it can be verified by the delivery by the shaykh. He can say the hundred percent could get it, she can get remarried. We apply that same rule to a slave, saying that personal self-delivering the get says, and the, and the one witness makes it a good uh, uh, emancipation for the slave. But what was the reason we went lenient for women? Is because she's going to have delivers and an argula. She's not going to be able to remarry, so we make it a little bit easier for the get to be verified so that she can get remarried. Why is that relevant to a slave? slave. A slave not a, so a slave or a free. Or then he can't marry a, a slave so, and he can't marry yeah, a Yeah, so summary learn that, yeah, since this document's been given, he's most likely free, so he can't marry a shivcha. Right. And since it's not verified, he can't okay. use it to his uh, Israel. So someone who used that explained it like that. That's, I think, the, the ritual explains it like that. Um the difficulty is I think you are aren't we saying that it's not a valid get until he says before yeah. I thought so he should be able to marry a shikha. I don't know that's what I thought. But uh, but that that is the ritual answer, very good. Tosa's give a different answer. Toys say, um yeah, he says, Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Toss to dismiss it in a different way. To go against that an answer. No. It says, "Is you want to say it's because he's forbidden, he can't marry a reg and he also can't marry a Shifka. You want to go with your suggestion that now he's in limbo, he can't marry anyone. It says, Loy laisma ha shliat mi Just don't hand over the document until you verify it. And then he can. Still there is Still marry a ship. Remember, the, when does it, it's not the writing of the document that triggers uh, freedom. It has to be written and given. Until it's given, he's definitely, no matter, according to every single opinion, he's not free. So, so Tossus is not convinced to say that it's, that he's going to be an akuna. He's going to live in, he's going to struggle. He says, mm-hmm. He says, No, there are two aspects that he's an akuna. Firstly, he can't marry a regular Israel. Very interesting, as opposed to marrying a slave, marrying a regular Israelist, that makes him a yuna, and also he can't perform mitzvahs. So that's the ego, and that's the aggravation that you're causing him, that allows us to go lenient with delivery of the get. Okay, the G'more says, What do you mean that the, the person delivering the get couldn't say, the If you want to say that because he was a keresh, he's a deaf mute. So when he delivered the get, he couldn't say it was sealed inside before me. He says, Can a deliver a for Everyone is kosher to deliver a get except for a of a cotton. They don't have the mental um, faculties to rely on them for and that they can act as a shia. So Kherish says, Omar Abyah what's the case here? He says, no, he delivered the geth and he handed it over while he was, becaf, while he was normal, and then something happened to him that he became a kharish and he couldn't articulate And therefore, it's not invalid Well, it's invalid at the moment until you verify it with two witnesses So interesting, the shlichus is good but the verification of the document is not good and that's why you need two witnesses to come and verify. It. Now we say, So we then went on to say, this halacha of delivering a get, and you have to say, applies by both slaves and women. Again, it has to be, so he says, There are three ways where a get for a woman and freeing a slave are the same. First one, they are equal, they have the same alaqa regarding delivery, as we just learned. Secondly, the Any document that has a Kuti signed on it is invalid, except for um, a divorce document or freeing a slave document. Those two, if they have a Kuti signed on it, it's bad. It. We're assuming now that the Kutim are the, remember they there's a whole s- suspicion around their conversion, we're assuming that their conversion is good um, however they were Oivdel Vodazora and they didn't really keep the Toresh of peh, so they were very unreliable and that's the Kuti so any financial document that they signed on, you can't trust them but a document Gita Noshim and Shufra you could trust them, so it would be good, that's the that's another example where. And the third one is all documents that are uh, what's the word uh, signed off, uh, certified, processed, processed in a non-Jewish court. And even if it's a non-Jew signed on it, it's a kosher document. It's a valid document. Except for and except for a divorce document for a woman and freeing a slave. Now that's a fascinating. Rashi here is fascinating because Toshos also point out that how can we rely on this document processed in a non-Jewish court? Don't you need kosher aedim, etc.? So Rashi says the din of Malkus We know that. The law of the state is law. It's a Torah principle that you follow the government, record, the government law and order. And he says, But obviously, you have to make sure that the one who delivers it is. Uh, I'm sorry, even if the party's in fault, it's a gift or a document or a loan or a sale between two Jews. Since, if it's processed in a non Jewish court, it's valid. And then he says, except for gittin osim." He says, "The when because non-Jews are not subject to divorce. And since they don't, uh, the laws of Gitin and Gita are not relevant to them. Right? And there's another drasha elsewhere that it's the either people involved have to be the same people who give or get. Only Jews give gitin. So only Jews are kosher for Aval Gittim. But um, regarding monetary law, financial matters, non-Jews are obligated. It's one of the shiva mitzvahs benay noach is that they have to have a court system. The same The p'sula isha. The gamrinon law law. and once we say that a woman's get is not uh, kosher if it's processed by a non-Jewish court, so to the slave's get, because as we said, there's exarishov a lot law they compared. So, so what's so fascinating about this? So, firstly, just to go back a step, how do non-Jews get married and divorced? So the Rambam says it very clearly. They make an agreement to live together, and then they're married. And when they make an agreement to separate from each other, then they divorce. There's no form of procedure. It's Jews that have Kiddushin and Nisuyi and Kitid. And that's why Sir Rashi is saying. They don't fall into the paragraph of Kitid and therefore they can't process it. However, Dine Mamnos, they're equally applicable to and therefore they can process it. sounds, according to Rashi, and as Tossos points out, that Doraisa a non-Jew can be a kosher age on a financial matter. Because Rashi's just said what? They're chayav in them, therefore it's chayav to them, therefore they can sign on it. That's what Tos Tossel, argue on that, and many other Rishonim shown him argue on that and say, no, this is this that we rely on the non jewish court and non jewish signatures, etc. It's only meter up on him. Um But uh, I thought Rashi's quite fascinating. It's implied that Rashi you can rely 100% on a non Jew for financial matters, whereas, again, okay, like I said, the other Rishonim him say that uh, he can't. Um, that's this Tosfos. Here and elsewhere. Tosfos. Uh, um, um, just to read the first line of Tosfos. For Amari, the Reh says, The signatures shall a non-Jew should be invalid, The signatures of a non-Jew should be invalid, even though they're written by Israel. He gives the reason Rashi gave because they're not subject to Kitir and Kiddushin. And then he says, he gives a whole lot of reasons. Then he says, They need to be Lishma. And Anandju, he... And everything, everything Tosso says, he brings a source. So how maybe a non-Jew can do it so he brings a source, can't do it He says, They're not subject, they can't act as shlichim. And then he brings the source for that. He says, They're invalid for Ados. And that's just the one I want to bring out because then he says non-Jews are invalid faydos. It wouldn't help for any document, but that's a, that's a, requires further investigation. But that's a, a fascinating uh, machlokas that's on the surface here between Rashi and the other rishonim etc. That can a non-Jew be a snar- uh, witness on a financial matter? Is it uh, d'oraisa? Is it only we rely on a non-Jewish court that processes a financial document because of din er malchusetina? <coughs> okay, then, you can, can uh, uh, not to give evidence to the court? Can so on the surface that? is posulatus. According to Rashi, you might be able to find a way that he could, but on the surface is postulators. Cheers, have a good job yes. too. <laughs> Okay, um... So those are the three differences. And Hashem says, "O oh, kedivrei Rabbi Meir There's a thought difference. Uh, sorry, there's a fourth similarity, not difference. Similarity between a get, "Gitay nashim" and "Shukru avadim." Ha'aymer tain get zel ishtiv v'shtay shukru zel abtiv. If someone says, "Give this get to my wife," or "This shukru to my slave," Ratzalakso v'shtay yachzor divrei Rabbi If he wants to retract, he can retract. I until they actually delivered, he can retract. Um, This is based on another, my focus, we know that you you cannot do something on behalf of someone else unless you have their permission. So the woman is not divorced until she receives her get. And the slave is not freed until he receives his document. However, you can do something that's a favor on behalf of someone else. So, that's, we'll, we'll come back to that very shortly. It, says, it makes sense why the rabbis say there are three similarities because they want to exclude from Rebbe Meir the fourth one. What does Rebbe Meir want to exclude from? Um, just before, sorry, so before we get into why, what is the Raphaun and hold? Why is Rebbe Meir not good? Because they hold. For a slave to go free is a good thing. we will see the discussion later on. But Rebbe man is not convinced a slave going free is a good thing. And therefore, the Shlia can't receive it on the, his behalf. It has to be given to the slave. Whereas, Rebbe, uh, the Tanakamah holds, sorry, Rebbe, uh, the Tanakamah holds, it is a good thing for a slave to go free. So as soon as I agree to deliver this document on behalf of the slave, I can actually act and receive it on his behalf. You can do something good on someone else's behalf, even if they haven't given you permission. So therefore, a get for a woman cannot be received on her behalf, and therefore until it's delivered into her hands, the husband can retract. A shikur avadim, according to the tarakamah is for the slave's benefit, and therefore, as soon as the owner has given it to the Shleak, the Shleak receives it on behalf of the slave, and the slave is free. So he can't retract. That's why the Chachamim don't agree to Rebbe Meir. Okay, and we understand, so that's why they say there are three things that are similar, i.e., excluding the fourth one of Rebbe Meir. El, now the says, um El Rabbimah when you're in the community and Rabbimah says therefore, what's he excluding from he must there must be a fifth example that you would think that is the same and Rabbimah is saying I don't hold for that fifth example it says what the mutahallatan sticks through the foreign following teaching from a rabbi says 8 inch ein yodim listerm what happens if you have ein who don't know how to sign? so matri and him yar chalak um mamalim esh kraim da ya basically says you etch their signatures into the paper and then they fill the paper with ink. I kind of, they trace the lines. <laughs> they trace the scraping in the paper. Um, Tossos are not happy because they say, hey, the word should be used, should be misarrayed. They're also not convinced that that counts as a good signature, etc. And therefore they say, um, I think if I understood Tossos correctly, they say more you tear in a paper, and you make a stencil. You make a stencil for the people who don't know how to sign to follow What needs a lot of uh, research... I I I saw Tossus touches on it, but I I couldn't clarify. Firstly, how do we we speak about verifying signatures? And that's because you're verifying the handwriting. If they're using a stencil or an etched thing, there's not going to be handwriting. And there are other issues with them not being able to... Are they able to write other things but not their signature? That you can that you want to verify the signatures based on that, so I wasn't sure on that aspect. And Tosas touches on it, but I didn't uh, understand it properly. But either way, okay, so there are those two ways someone who doesn't know how to sign, you do that process of Makri and the yard, and then they sign in that way. So, this is all with Gitaynoshim, but Chifor Avotim and any other style. If you know, if they know how to read the document and to sign Chosmim. For Eim Lab Ain Chosmim, if not, they can't sign. Says Kriyamandof Hashemayi. Who mentioned reading the document? We only mentioned signing the signatures. He says no. Chasurim Metar v'Achitani. The Mishlo is missing, and this is how you teach it. Adim Shain Yodim Lei Kros Koyin the v'Chosmim. Aidim that don't know how to read, you can read the Get for them. The document for them and then they can sign on it and if they don't know how to sign it then you can do this makri and either make a stencil for them to sign or etch it and they follow the lines in the parchment but either way so there's two makloikas Tanakama and rebbe jimankamil according to the Tanakama, that you can either etch for them and if they can't read the document you can read the document for them According to Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, that's only for Gitae Noshim, but not for Shekhur Avadim. So Rabbi Meir is saying, I don't agree with this. And therefore, it's not an example where a get Shekhur and a get Gitae Noshim are the same. Remember the whole thing we're saying, Rabbi Meir says there are four similarities between Gitae Noshim and, and Shekhur Avadim. Why well, does he say four? You must be excluding from something if he says therefore. So he says to exclude this case of these these examples here of this price Okay, now the Gemara asks: For two lekah, are there only? Well, according to Tanakhama three and Rabbi Meir, four. What about? I'll tell you the others. Says What about the following? If someone says deliver this get to my wife, or this document to my slave, this stashiru to my slave, u'meis. And then the person dies, you can't deliver it after the person died. It says, If you say, give this money to so and so, and then he dies, you can still go and give the money after death. So here we see another similarity between kitay Noshim and Shukaravodim. So why was that not listed? No, Tani said that, no, we when we teaching examples that do not apply by other examples, by other starrus. Anything that could be applied to other stars does not work. So I, when we say these are similarities between this that we started off at the bottom of the previous page, similarities between a get and a shechur, that things that are unique to get and shikhrul, that they the same, unlike. All other stars, but now, as we're going to see, this idea of delivering a star after someone's death, this that we said it doesn't work by a get or a shikru, also doesn't work by another star. Where is that? Milstead, mm-hmm. um, he's the Shalat Rabin Mishmel to Avur, Rabbin Rab, Rabin sent in the name of Rabbi Avu. Have we yaidim Shalat Rabbi Elazar Mishum Rabbeinu? Mm-hmm. Rabbi Elazar sent to the exile in the name of Rabbeinu Rav. Schrib meirah, she'omar, kosbu, the who says, write this in a document and give this money to so-and-so, um meis, and then he dies, and koisim We don't write the document and give it. Shem alo gomolak noisal, ishtar, because maybe he only wanted the person to acquire it through a star. And and a star does not take effect after death. Just to go back a step, remember we said, whatever the shrib meirah says, we take and we accept. So if he says, again, generally I want to give you a piece of land, even if it's a gift, even if it's 100% gift, we have to write the document so that there's a transfer of the land. Even if it's a gift. The Shemarah will be more linear. When the Shemarah says, I want this piece of land to go to so-and-so, we give it to so-and-so without the documents. He doesn't have that stress. What happens if he says, write the document and give it? Well, now he wants it to be through a written document. So if he says, write the document and give it, and before you get a chance to write the document or to deliver it, the shchimeiro dies, you can't give it. So that's the same with gitei nashem and avodim. If the person says, deliver this, get, and before you get to deliver it, the person dies, it doesn't take effect after death. So too with this shchimeiro. And therefore, again, remember we said, the examples we gave where we were discussing where a get is the same as shilkh is where it's unique to get and shilkh vodim, but does not apply by any other examples um, let's do one more doesn't it have to be lishmah? So Bishlaim mailechu. maybe it comes out well according to Rabba, uh, that's delivery. Remember the Mishnah says one of the similarities... the Mishnah said the similarity is and the Braissa that both have to be delivered and you can say before and you have to say before, an atom, before an atom. okay. Elil al Rab Kasha, but according to Rabba it's difficult because why do you need to um, they both have to be written in Shmoor. The other documents don't have to be written in Shmoor. It says, There's also the law of Mahubar. You're not allowed to get on something attached to the ground. Assume we can make a financial document and record it on something that's growing on the ground. And then pick it and take it home. It says, where we the invalidations we were discussing were but not the orisa. So, this that um, when you deliver it you have to say that's the rabbonum. This that if a kut is signed on other documents, it's invalid that's also only the rabbonum. But then he says but isn't this that is, um, this if you have a get processed in a non-Jewish court isn't that invalid doraisa so you can't tell me your rule oh, why are you excluding the case of bishmo because bishmo is a doraisa requirement and we only discuss things that are bona requirements so too if you have a get processed in a non-Jewish court that's a doraisa requirement a doraisa invalidation can't have it processed by non-Jews. So he says, <laughs> No, we're going, we're following Rebbe Lezer with Aide <laughs> I.e, This get, you right, it was written up in a non-Jewish court. And it even, let's say, had non-Jewish signatures on it. However, this is all according to Rebbe Lezer. He says, what's the key point of the witnesses? Watching the handing over the get. So the get would firstly have to be written by a Jew, but it could be signed and authorised by the non-Jewish court. That makes no difference, because the important thing is as long as it's handed over in front of a Jew. So this, that they came along and said, a get processed in a non-Jewish court, again, meeting those criteria, but it's handed over in front of a Jew, a rise is valid, midr'abon on an apostle. So it does fit in with those rules. Again, this is the machlokas it, it underlines a lot. A lot of it comes up throughout. It is Aideh or Aideh Chasimikarti? What's the point of the Eidim when we have a get? Or where do the Eidim give the get its effectiveness? Is it that they sign on it, like Rebbe Meir? Which again, as soon as this process is in an Arjun court and signed with non kosher witnesses, it's totally valid. Or is it according to Rebeleza, Adam that it's actually giving over? You don't even have to sign the document, you just give it over. So that's the. So we're saying, yeah, the case of Archosio is according to Rebeleza, where it turns out that it's only Isidra Boni. Okay, the Gomorrah is going to challenge that, but I think let's leave it here for today. Have a very, very good and uh, yeah, we'll continue Sunday. Sunday at, uh, well, that means at seven.